And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince. I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. Hello, Stevie D. All good things must come to an end, as For they some. say. For, For some. some. For some. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and rip off the Band-Aid. The season's over. <laughs> you okay? No. No. You, you you had you had 17 18 weeks to prepare for this day. You were not happy day 1, four plays into day 1. You went through the highs and lows. Where are you? Vince, that, that that's a tough one, buddy. Um that is a tough one. I am I am low. Um I'm low because, you know, things happen through a course of a year that you can accept. And I just went down four places into the year. It's tough luck, but it happened, right? You move on. You can have other injuries and you can move on. Yeah. But when you get to the end of the season and you say, okay, well, we're ready to run it back next year. And then you realize you're stuck with the same coaching staff that could not adapt to injuries um, they could not um, scheme uh, or get creative enough to to put your team in a position come December where you, you really truly are in a playoff hunt. And uh, other teams did it with their second, third, fourth string quarterbacks, right? Others did it with hurt offensive linemen and a backup quarterback. Why couldn't we? Statistically, we had the third-ranked defense in the NFL this year in total yards per game, third. But our offensive coaching staff was so inept that they couldn't devise proper schemes to put us in a position to leverage the third-ranked defense in total yards given up. So what did we get? We got another 7-10, and tons of turnovers, puts our defenses in bad spots, always on the field because we can't – I think we we went a five-game stretch converting 7% of third downs. Seven. Seven. You you, you mentioned other teams, and we're going to talk about some of the other teams – we didn't see the Black Friday or the Black Monday that we thought we were going to see. It wasn't just the Jets, right? And and nothing happened there in Florham Park, uh, but it was just slow, right? You you already had the Frank Reich, right? You had that one. You already had uh, the Josh McDaniels. We knew about the Ron Rivera, but you know a, a lot of it just didn't really come to fruition. We we saw. Uh, what happened with Atlanta? We saw um, recently with Tennessee, uh, and, and most recently we saw with Seattle. But it just you, you have it's almost like the league has become the have and have nots, right? And if you're part of the haves, then you're good and you move forward. The have nots seem to keep churning, but you didn't see that. And I'm curious if if teams are looking to say we're only one player away. And, or or were one play away, uh, you know, especially in the case of Jacksonville, not one play, but one game away. So we're not going to make a change there, you know, things of that sort. It, it, it was just very interesting that usually in years past, you, you've seen the floodgates open. It, it is. It's been surprising. But again, when you think about all the openings, it's a sneaky eight openings, I believe. Now, hey, Terry. I, I believe it's eight openings now with, with the announcement of Pete Carroll 
moving well, to an true. advisor role, right? Remember, we had three firings in season, right? True. So when you think about it, eight, I mean, you're at, what, 25%, a little bit less than 25, uh, a little bit more than 25% of the league is going to be looking for new coaches. <laughs> sure, not going to happen, Sean. Look, I, you know, there's an old saying in the attack. As long as your interests don't conflict with my interests, we're good. So now that my interest is done, more power to your team, right? For for the for the for Vince, that's where I'm at. Well, it wasn't for Vince, I don't wish you well, though. And, you know, honestly, I'm glad you said that we, we are going to talk more about the Jets a little bit later in today's yeah. show. Right. Uh, you ha you have a report card you kind of want to give. I know that uh, and certainly want to give a shout out to uh, Johnny at the hangout spot. He He's a, a frequent visitor, part of the OW, OW Sports family. Uh, he's going to be collabing with you as well on a report card. His will come out a little bit later. But, you know, he's he's actually maybe preempted you, Stevie D, because if you check out his podcasts or, or his videos that are on YouTube, uh, certainly he, he has given some thoughts. We'll, we'll, we'll say it like that. Some thoughts. Some of them have been some harsh thoughts, but he's given some thoughts on the state of the jets, right? And maybe you guys can collab on the state of the union. I know you say that, that you tweet the owner. Uh, I did today. Maybe, Maybe the owner's going to listen to you. Maybe no, he'll listen to no. you and Johnny. <laughs> Maybe that'll happen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you know, we'll 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 let you guys dig dig deep into that one. We we're going to need our own pity party show. That's what we're going to okay. really need. I mean, that's what it is. You you are. It's going to be um, like an OW Sports After Dark with some drinks or something like that. Stevie D, I, I am I am taking a big sigh of relief. Um, we are here, right? We we made it. It was for all Bills fans and, and members of Bills Mafia. You guys know exactly what I mean when I say we're we're taking that sigh. The the life your your heart goes like this as as a Bills Mafia fan, right? It's not steady where you're like. We're on cruise control, especially if you're in a weak division or something like that, right? Or a weak conference where you can just kind of slide through Kansas City. It's not like that, right? What what it's like is every week, it's like Forrest Gump, right? What did Forrest Gump say? Life is like a box of chocolates. Well, life as a Bills fan is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? We have an idea. We know the team that we have in place. We know the players. We know the coaches. We know where we're strong at. We know where we're weak at. But sometimes where we think we're weak, we become strong, right? We have a game-changing play in the area that we think we're weak. I'm talking about special teams, right? Where we're strong, we know it's our offense. And, and all of a sudden, things just happen. They, they, It doesn't flow the way we expect. And so a lot of that, and Stevie D., I know you could share with our audience <laughs> the conversations that we have that are, you know, not privy to everybody where my mind is just, it, it's, it's spinning, right? And sometimes it spins out of control. I do want to say a couple things. I have been very, very, very hard on Sean McDermott, which I still believe was warranted. Right. Um, in, in a, podcast a, a few weeks ago, I gave credit to Sean McDermott. 
I'd like to extend that credit to Sean McDermott because no matter what, through everything, you as the head coach were did a solid job of keeping this team together. We just talked about, and we opened up the show, talking about coaches that were on the hot seat or coaches that got dismissed, right? A good reason why a lot of these coaches were dismissed is that they were unable to control their locker room, right? You look at Arthur Smith and Dennis Allen in New Orleans, Dennis Allen in New Orleans, Arthur Smith formerly with the Falcons, right? You look at what happened at midfield. You look at the, the, the control that Dennis Allen in New Orleans had that he lost to his players, to his leaders, And then you come back to Buffalo and you look at Sean McDermott and you look at what Sean McDermott was able to overcome to keep this team together, right? Whether it be the the report in the the scathing article by Tyler Dune, right, that that came out, right, it really just opened up and, and through everything. And that one, that one went deep. Right. It went deep, not only to an organization, but it also went deep as to a country. Right. And so that that really that that struck a nerve. He was able to persevere. You look at what transpired with between him and Ken Dorsey and, and the offensive and, and team structure organization, however you want to define it. But he was able to persevere. You look at the lack of play from a Von Miller. He was able to persevere. You look at the amount of injuries to key players. Right. We're talking Matt Milano, Trey White, Daquan Jones. Right. And, and those were like, bam, 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 Stevie D. Right. Two in one game, one the week after. Right. It was just it, what what else could happen? Sure. Go ahead. You know, when you talk about about Sean, I, I, we, we talked about this, you know, through text and, and phone conversations. I think what he has done on the defensive side of the ball and you look at some of the high flying offenses that you have played. Yes. How he has minimized that their potential and explosive plays to put you into every game, even when your offense was not clicking on all cylinders. I think the job that he has done coaching and the players and your backups that have had to come in and play have done a really good job. I know you've talked about AJ Epineza, if I said his last name right, who's had a really big year, you know, Floyd, the free agent signing has been tremendous pass rusher, right? Think about if one Von Miller actually showed up, right? What what it could really mean. But I, I just think I think your team can compete with anybody because Sean has that defense playing at an extremely high level, even missing three Pro Bowl players. Right. It, you know, I'm gl- I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually something I was going to hit on. But I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because when you, you unfortunately very few of us are privy to those conversations or what really transpired in those conversations. We don't know. We can only assume, right? And we try to make good, educated uh, hypotheses as far as what came out of a meeting with uh, a Brandon Bean or Terry Pagula or what's really happening behind the scenes. A lot of us, and me included, right, do believe, and I still do believe, Stevie D, that Leslie Frazier was a scapegoat, right? Uh, because we do know that certain things happen during throughout a game, the way the game is being called, right? The game planning the week prior, 
the head coach is part of that game planning, right? The coaches don't go rogue, right? Your D coordinator, your O coordinator, they're not going rogue and just saying, I'm going to keep this to myself and I'm not going to share it with the head coach. That's your boss. You got to let them know what you're going to do. And then, you know, after that, they reevaluate what transpired and how we're going to adjust going for the next week. So Sean and Leslie were very much tied to the hip, especially both being on the defensive side of the ball. And so when everything transpired with Leslie being let go or, or taking a hiatus or whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, you know, a lot of people in the know and, and even from the outside observer looked at it as that was Sean McDermott trying to extend his length, his time there with the Buffalo Bills. Then there was, well, I'm not going to hire another DC. I'm going to take over the play calling. And this is where Stevie D a few weeks back, I gave him a lot of credit. And to your point, he has done a remarkable, he has done a remarkable job as far as being the defensive coordinator. We already knew he was a great defensive coach, right? That's how we got the job. And he comes off of the tree of Jim Johnson, right? I don't want to say he comes off the tree of Andy Reid because Jim Johnson was there before and after, right? He comes off of that tree. He he knows. He knows how to call a good defense. And what he was able to do, how he was able to adjust, right, especially losing Milano. Now, all of a sudden, I got young guys coming in at linebacker, right? You have a Terrell Bernard coming in there, and you're telling him you, you're green dotting. Right, green dot means you're calling the defense. Yeah, you got to see everything. You got to know everything. This is a guy who relied on Matt Milano to do that work, but it shows the preparation that McDermott and the defensive staff went into, as far as the entire linebacking core, so that when one man went down, it's the next man up, and that next man up was fully prepared. Right, we even saw that this past week uh, when Terrell Dodson went down. Balen Spector came in and, and you would not have known that he was a guy that basically was, was on the practice squad and float between the practice squad and the regular team because he came in and he was making plays all over the place, right? Able to control that running game and to force Mike McDaniel, which we're, I'm going to talk about in a little bit, to force him out of what he was doing. So again, that goes back to Sean McDermott and, and Sean needs to get, the credit for what he's done. I still will ride him and I will always ride you, Sean McDermott. I will. It may be if you're watching OW Sports Podcast and you hear me riding you, I'm just challenging you to be better, right? Because we were texting Stevie D, you and I, and actually I think Johnny was part of that as well. We were going back and forth during the game, right? And as we were going back and forth, I, I made reference to Something needs to go on with Josh, right? Something has to happen because it seemed like Josh was out there too freewheeling, lack of accountability, right? And we love the plays he makes, but a lot of times there has to be accountability. And the interview that Sean McDermott gave at halftime, because I gave two options, right? Either coach, we need a new coach who can hold Josh accountable, right? And when I listened to this interview, and the way Sean McDermott, that you, you could see it in his eyes, you could He's hear seething. it in his voice, he was seething. He was seething. 
And that then carried into the locker room. And I'm sure Joe Brady, Josh Allen got an earful because when they came back out for the second half, it was a different team. It was a different team. And you need to have that from your head coach, right? There's times when you have to give the the tough love. And then there's times that you have to give the praise in the in the accolades. And just to carry that a step further, Stevie D, I don't know how many folks heard this, but I heard this coming from uh, the Buffalo Bills affiliate in, out of Buffalo WGR. Sale Capaccio, who's been on the show before, you remember Sale? Oh, yeah. Sale did an interview with Sean McDermott as they were leaving the game after the victory. And the emotion and the praise and the pride it sounded like a proud father who just witnessed their child experiencing success, right? You could hear it out of them. And not only could you hear it from that perspective, you could hear everything that the Bills had gone through throughout the 2023 season culminating with that victory. Think about this, Stevie D. You're written for dead. Six and six, you're written for dead. When you look I at in the hunt... When you look at the, well, by some, that's true. When you look at the list of in the hunt, at the very bottom was the Buffalo Bills, right? I remember they had the numbers 11th. You had teams like Denver, right, ahead of Oakland or or Las Vegas, you know, that were ahead of, like, how are these teams? They're not even in the same class. And really, that sixth loss was the Philly loss, right? Because that Philly loss, which shouldn't have been a loss, and multiple layers, right? We, we as a Buffalo Bills team, we failed ourselves. Sean McDermott, as a coach, failed the team, and the players failed themselves, right? So that, and then you had to deal with the officials. Then you have to deal with the officials, but neither here nor there, right? But you, you could, again, you could hear all of that come out in that interview, and it really, it, it, it caught me because, again, I've been so hard on Sean McDermott. I have been hard on him, right? I have a background that said fire Sean McDermott. That's how hard I have been on Sean McDermott. But in as much as I have been hard on Sean McDermott, I, I do want this show, I do want this so that people do understand that when you when people do something good, when they accomplish something just like Sean was proud of his team in that interview. I am very proud and very happy for what Sean did as a coach overall for the Buffalo Bills. So many teams would have folded. Looking at that list, looking up, saying, wait, we're way down here, right? You look at the the team that we were chasing, who we never should have been chasing, but you look at them and you're like, Man, that's three games. There's no way we can catch those three games, right? They would have folded and they would have said, "On to 2024." Yeah, I think that's. But I think also, I. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay it because I was a believer in your team the whole time. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Steel fan in the house. (laughs) Right. But, but, um, you know, which is good. It's great. It's great that the Steelers in the house. Um, I, I was, I've been, I'm a believer. Hold on. Yeah. You got another comment. OW sports after dark, right after this one. 
Okay. I, I can't say what I want to say, yeah, DVD. No, I, 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 that's where we put the, the kids to bed. <laughs> but, you know, I, in fairness, you know, I look at it as. You're right, Joey. Go I, ahead, I, bel I believe I believed in Buffalo. I thought it was just a, a phase and they were going to kick it in. Um, there's too much talent on that team. You, you've had the success prior. Your team knows how to win. Um, so I wasn't. I didn't know if you were going to catch the division. I didn't think you you always said the path to the playoffs is through the division. Now you clinched the playoff berth without winning the game, but read between the lines, you were you were saying division, 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 right? And so credit to you, you've been saying that for a long time. You know, I, I liken what I saw out of Buffalo, and this probably is not fair to say, um, because I thought, you know, Ken Dorsey, and I still think you got to work out some of the bugs in the offense the last couple of weeks. I want to see James be more in the offense um, to start. But I've watched too many good teams just expect to win every week. And then you're mm -hmm. like, oh, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, whatever it is, bam, they can flip that switch and go on a run. And that's what I felt Buffalo could do. Because mm -hmm. there's too much talent offense, right? We all know what they can do offensively. They're, it's documented. I mean, Josh has got a million touchdowns, right? It, I just thought it, they were just too good to say, no, they're, they're going to fall. Yes, you had tough teams ahead of you that you had to face to get there. I also think facing tough teams makes you a better team. When you I agree. Them, right? And, and agree. so they, they took care of business, and it, it was no surprise to me. It really, it really wasn't a surprise because your team is a very good team, even with your injuries, especially on the defense. We just talked about it, how Sean has these guys playing in scheme. But um, you, you you, say something. Let me just jump in real quick. Yes, that playing the tough teams hardened you and made you stronger. The problem that I have noticed with the Bills and actually with my Sabres as well, right, <laughs> is that you play up. And you play down. down yeah. And that's what concerns me, right, in this week's game. I'm not concerned about the Steelers. But, but I think the history of the last four years, like, you guys have played against tough teams and beat tough teams, right? This year is just a, like an but, odd year, and that's why I just it, thought, well, look, look at Look at week going. one. Look at week one against you guys, right? Leading into the game, right, and I'm not trying to trying – to, those shots but leading into the game we said oh this is going to be a great game opening week you know we're, we're going through this get to see Aaron Rodgers four plays in Rodgers goes down Zach Wilson comes in and I think the team started to relax right I don't even think that the team started to relax the team started to relax oh yeah they, you, you guys should have put the, the uh, on the throat absolutely they the, assumed the, yeah. They assume, well, we're just going to run right through the Jets. This is a W, right? As Jameis would say, we're eating Ws, right? Well, maybe stay away from Jameis after this week, right? But you, you see so much of that where they assume that they're the better team. They assume they're going to win. And next thing you know, they find themselves, look at Denver. You assume that you were going to beat the Broncos. You just assume that. Right, you are a better team than the Broncos. Never should have been that close. But then all of a sudden, what do you do? You you put yourself in that situation. Look at the Chargers. We talked about the coaching bump, but they had so many things wrong with right. the Chargers, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And all of a sudden, you're leaving it down to a Tyler Bass field goal at the end of the game. 
Should yeah. not happen. When they when they play the good teams, they they're laser focused, right? And, and again, back to my Sabers, same thing. We can beat the good teams. Where, where are they? We, in the we, where they, they, they're, you can't you can't go any further, right? I like. I know. I know. This is not a hockey show. I just got to say, I like the coach. I do. But in hockey, they run coaches like they run underwear. Time for him to go. All right, back to football. Sorry. I, I just when you're when your back opens up against the wall, you found out what your team is made of. And and they do what they had to do. So Yeah, it it, <laughs> it did take everything we had to make the playoffs. You are correct. It did. It took everything you guys had to make the playoffs too. Just saying, not throwing shots, but that's what happens when you're not laser focused for 17 weeks or for 18 weeks, right? Then you, then all of a sudden you find yourself looking up saying, how, how do I get back? Can I get back? And we're fortunate enough that there was just enough time, just enough time to get there. And we're also fortunate, fortunate enough, Stevie D is that the last week of the season was against the team you were chasing. We were also fortunate enough that they had two tough games, who, which I knew that they were going to lose one of those. It wasn't sure how many, right? And then you know, that they are the Dolphins, and they just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, where's Marcelo this week? You know, he's been MIA. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How did they sneak in, Stevie D? How did that sneak in? <laughs> So they're they're rooting for Pittsburgh because they don't want nothing to do with you later on. I think that's really what it is. Oh, you, you see, trying to be in and out, in and out. Just remember, thirteen seconds. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, just remember, Cadavius Tony. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony has done it again. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> no, but seriously, where's Marcelo? I mean, where is DeMar? You know, I don't – I think he he's he's afraid now. You know, when, when they were riding high, he was commenting all the time. And now, you know, Didn't we happened? tell him – didn't we tell him weeks ago what was going to happen? Yeah. Well. Did we not tell him? Stevie D, I do, I do want to get into this game a little bit here, if yeah. you don't mind. But before nope. we get into the game, a couple things, right? Uh, again, lo lo love the chatter, love, love the interaction – Welcome, right? Give us a like, give us a follow. All of our social medias, whether it be Twitter or X, um, Instagram, uh, we're working on TikTok. I don't know about that one, but we're working on TikTok, YouTube. You can catch us all over the place. Uh, and, and please continue to to like and subscribe and show show the love there. Stevie D, let's talk about the game, but I want to talk about the end of the game first. What happened after the game? Um. I was thinking about this. The commissioner at the league meetings at the end of the year, the commissioner needs to sit with all of the owners and they need to have a discussion as far as how to police what is happening at their stadiums during oh, the games. God, Jesus. Okay. What transpired and we we've heard there there was the incident in San Francisco a few years back, right? There was an altercation. Somebody hit their head. They ended up dying. 
But what transpired at, at the end of the Bills Dolphins game? You had a gentleman by the name of Dylan Isaacs, Canadian, came down, group of friends, family, went to the game, enjoy the game, part of Bills Mafia, right? Showing love, showing support. And as they were leaving, we don't have all of the facts, so I'm not going to go through all of that. But as they were leaving, he was tragically killed. And it wasn't accidental, right? This was because a Dolphins fan, and, and I say that loosely in finger quotes, right? Because at the end of the day, there there's a point where we all know what it is to be a fan. That's not being a fan. That's being a thug. That's being reckless, right? But he gunned down the this man as he's leaving and celebrating, right? Um I, I do know that the family set up a GoFundMe. We're, we're going to be contributing to that GoFundMe. Stevie D, I, I did reach out, and, and even if it's not on today's show, hopefully uh, on a future show, we definitely can get um, one of the family members just to talk about Dylan and you know whatever they need, whatever support that um, Bill's Mafia, that OW Sports fans, uh, that football fans, and, and just people globally I mean, can do I mean just let's stop and think about this for a second right take away your your fandom for the dolphins the bills the jets any team that you root for mm-hmm. you go to a game with your family you never think you're going to go to a game and you're going to get killed by going to a game at the end mm-hmm. of the day it's a football game we're all passionate sports fans we're passionate enough that's why we do what we do but to think that one, I would go to a game and put my hands on somebody, right? You know, re- respect the space. Um, you can cheer for your team, even if it's the opposing team, right? You don't have to be a jerk about it. Root for your team. Absolutely. I, I mean, I've had so many great interactions with people through the years, at going to different games, rooting for my team, right? I can't fathom, and you worry about that, right? Well, not, not, not all of them. Well, not all. That, right. that's I mean, where we me. I have had my old occasion. You, you helped that's me where we one, started right? the risk versus reward. Right, reward. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And But at the end of the day, you don't think about losing your life. I mean, he went there with his family. Think about the that's family right. members there. Just witness what they witnessed. And then have to go home and then tell the family. I can't, over, over a football game? Over a sports event? Are, are we kidding me, people? This is where we are in the world that – you could just take a man's life for again, not knowing the circumstances, but it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. One person had a weapon and they choose to use it. And, and it just, it, uh, it, but Stevie D, that, that, that's where I, that's where I go to Goodell. We're, we're, we're seeing this far too frequent now. Yeah. But right? what, 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 what can you do on something? Like I mean, think let's stop and think about it. It didn't happen within the stadium, right? They have metal detectors going into the stadium. How do you police? What, I don't you're in know. The right to carry state. The police I don't want know. To keep in the car, right? I mean, I have the right to. to but but you as the commissioner, you as the owner, have the right to make sure that I have a safe experience from the time that I park my car to the time I go back to get yeah, in my I, car I, to leave. I, I, it's I hear a tough it. one. It's, I, it's I, tough. how do you? How do you? You could not search every car for a weapon. On the coming so, in, so, so right? take take that take that out of the equation for one moment, though. But think about it. 
if you don't do something, find some way to do something. If you don't, I'm not going to the game. You're not going to the game. And there's thousands upon thousands of people that are like, it's just way too dangerous. You're asking me to go into a, a basically a war zone just well, to alcohol, watch a game. Alcohol, whenever there's alcohol involved, and we see how people get really get at sporting events, they get hammered. Not everybody, right? So I'm, I'm not plumping all 80,000. Well, maybe down in Miami, it's 60,000 fans. I don't know how many people really show up to Miami anyway, because it looked like it was a Buffalo's home game, to be honest with you. It, it was about That's another story for another day, um, Miami. Um, at the end of the day, you have so many fans that get so hammered. I I don't know how you – right? Do you not tell I, I alcohol? Do you have to limit the amount of alcohol? So these guys are coming in blitz before the game. I, I don't – Exactly. I mean, you think about the whole tailgating experience. I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer. Right. But because then, has... if you penalize some, then you have people that get drunk that are happy drunks. Right? They're buying everybody drinks. Everybody's they're hugging in there, having a good time, whether you root for one team or another. So it's like, how do you? I don't know. It's hard. At the end of the day, uh, uh, the, but the... if you want to keep your fans, DVD, if you want to keep that family of four coming, I'm not bringing a family of four. Right, you're walking back with you with your kids and your wife. Okay, right. So the NFL is large. Your family of four is going to be replaced by another family of four, or four guys going to a game. Right, the tickets are going to sell. Right, they're just they're going to sell. Uh, maybe not in Miami, because you know they don't they don't sell them. Right. Some, but something it has to be addressed. Some way it has to be addressed. Uh, yeah. I I don't. I'm all for it. it. I don't know if you have to spend more as far as security, right? Especially on paths. You you look at with Miami, and not to go too deep in this, but you look at Miami Park and Miami Parking, you gotta walk miles just to get to your car from Miami Parking. Horrible, right? So maybe that's something that they look at, right? Maybe you look at more security that that is, you know, either on horseback or, or on foot that's patrolling. Right. It may not be a maybe it's a deterrent or maybe it's an after the fact. Right. But I, you have to look at something. You can't just bury your head in the sand and say, oh, we're so sorry and just move on. Right. I don't want to hear our thoughts and prayers go out and then you do nothing. Well, and, and that's what's happened so often. I think when something of this magnitude happens, it should be looked at. Right, you're talking about loss of life. So, yeah, you know, what what are we always talking about? Right, there's always a better way to do something. Even when you find that next great thing, there's always a better way. Right, and that's how you sure. move and advance things forward. There's always a better way, and so you know, I to to your point, there is a better way, and and the NFL has enough resources at their fingertips to help figure that out throughout all the stadiums, and so do the owners. So when sure. you say NFL, right. not just the well, shield, they, the owners can, as well. They can take the $110 million that they got from Peacock and put it into the investment not, to figure out what's going on. Very nice segue. Very nice segue. <laughs> that, that was under the and more, but we're going to talk about that right now. What we know as far as football and being able to watch the playoffs, and I'll say it, and the Super Bowl, it, it, it's over. 
It is over. The genie is out of the bottle, right? We've heard about this for years. I remember growing up, right, as, as a little kid, I remember them saying, uh, especially when HBO used to have, if you remember, HBO used to have all of the, the world-class title boxing fights, and then all of a sudden it went to CCTV and then pay-per-view. And they were like, oh, right, it's on pay-per-view. What's next? The Super Bowl? Right? And they were yeah. like, oh, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Well, guess what? The, the it, it is time. 1989 right? was the first year I heard it, and I'll never forget it. It's because when Steinbrenner signed the deal with MSG, a 10-year contract, and they says, next time around, you watch, you're going to be pay-per-view pay is basically yep. what, what you're going to be doing. So, um, yeah, we are that, here. That's what we have. Now, they're, they're going to give us a few years of this wild card weekend, right? Get everybody acclimated to it. And then they're going to move to the next well, round. Good. It'll be the divisional rounds. Yeah, You're going to get acclimated to it. And then it's going to be a full-on explosion. That's right. Because you, what you're going to do is bid it out to the networks on a bidding war on their streaming platform. Because that's how they're going to try and get people to buy their streaming services as well. You want the game? You get buy the streaming services? Give me my 8 to $10 a month. And yes, you too can watch the wildcard game, right? Um, it, it's just... Hi, <laughs> Trey. Um, <laughs> I know Trey, so he's uh, out here in Kansas City. But here's the uh, – and Trey, you know what, Trey? This is a good one. This is going for you. So um, if you can answer this question, I heard that with this deal in the Kansas City market and Missouri market, so if you're in the Kansas City metro area, you can watch the game on local TV. We talked about this earlier, right, Vince? We talked about Channel 41 in, in Kansas, and mm -hmm. we talked, I think, in Miami is Channel 6. What I heard is if you live in Topeka, which is the state capital, which, I don't know, it's an hour and a half away. Not, not uh, Topeka, I'm sorry, Wichita, which is about two and a half hours away. You can't get the game. If you're in Missouri, this is where I, I know, I think you're a little bit further, closer to Columbia now, Trey. And I was curious if, you heard, is it on local TV over over by Columbia? Because that's what I'd like to know. Because now all of a sudden you have Chief Loyal fans that if they don't have Peacock, they're shut out, right? Unless they go and subscribe. I just, it's so wrong. When you think about the Kansas City area, I'm not talking about Nebraska, but you would think people in Kansas and Missouri would be able over a 200-mile zone You'd be able that, to that's a, that's a little far though because if you remember back when uh, you had the whole blackout controversy, right? Um, it, it would would a game be shown locally? You had different people that would drive. Hey, I'll use the Tampa Bay area, right? You have Orlando and Tampa, right? Orlando would get the game, Tampa wouldn't, right? And, and you, the hour and a half drive. Okay, right. you can so which you can up radio stations for it at two and a half hours. Then it wouldn't be considered. It's just funny when you think of Kansas, they're Chief fans. It doesn't matter whether you're on by the stadium, right, because they're they're on the Missouri side. But, you know, from yeah. where I live, it's only a 15-minute drive with no traffic, right? Yeah. And then Wichita is two and a half. But they're all Kansas City Chief fans uh, out there, right? So it's just – it's one of – it's a raw deal. And, and you feel bad for um, – again, if you're outside the Miami area, right, you Miami fan live in Fort Myers, do, do you get the game in Fort Myers? Right, I don't know how far Fort Myers is from Miami time-wise, but how far up the coast does it stop? Do you get it in West Palm, 
Fort Lauderdale, Jupiter. At what point, they, you know, where does it stop? Where's the cutoff for, for, for Miami fans? Because you, you, you you're assuming it, that the fan base is that, that far? My mistake. I, okay. I appreciate the correction. I appreciate Just... because when when the when the division was on on the line, I think about thirty thousand Dolphin fans showed up, and about forty five Buffalo Bills fans showed up. So forty five thousand know, thousand. Excuse Just, me, forty five thousand. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that was a little odd. A little yeah. Odd. It, now, granted, uh, anytime you can get away down to Miami in the winter, yeah, it's a vacation, right? That means somebody that. had to give up their seats. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> well, wait, again, you're saying that those seats were taken. <laughs> Got me again. <laughs> but so, CBD, uh, you know, not, not to rehash, but just some things that really stuck out from that game. Um, when you look at the gameplay from the Dolphins, right? They were they were already hampered by all the injuries that they had uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, HN became the feature back because Mostert was was hurt, right? And you know, Collinsworth couldn't get enough of telling you how last week against the Ravens they ran <laughs> this sweep play with Achan. This week they're running the counter sweep and it's freezing the linebackers and he's giving HN a step. Yeah, it was. It worked yeah. until halftime. But that that's the interesting thing. When you look at what they did in the first half, now kudos goes to McDermott, uh the defensive side of the ball, the linebackers, etc., right? Defensive line. Because they were able to shut it down, but they only had to shut it down for two plays. Stevie D, they shut it down for two running plays, and then Mike McDaniel said, "Up, oh, scrap that!" Right, the offensive genius that he is, scrap that, and we're just going to let it ride or die on the arm of Tua. Right? Remember, look at his past. Look at where his tree, the tree that he follows, and the things that he's been part of, where the offense has failed them once again. He's in control of this offense, and he failed the offense again. So, you know, just something to look at there. Uh, you you look at Tua, Tua under pressure, can't do it. Just he time just and time, up. just throws it up. Time and time up. again, we we have seen it. Yes, if he gets the ball off in two point three seconds, and they're running a, a set route, a set pattern, right? You let Tariq get open. You tell him be here. He'll be there. Yeah, that that works. After that, no luck. You know, I I, I don't. You know, again, I know I'm a dolphin hater, so I everybody's going to say uh, he he's he's just a, a a dolphin hater. But either when Waddle's out or Tariq is out, they're just not the same team. They're just not the same team with with both wide if the both wide receivers are not on the field, um, and and. The, Again, you know, injuries happen. It's just they are different. They are just so different when they both aren't there. Um, and all, honestly, when you think about this too, the Miami Dolphins beat one team this year over 500. So we talked about it. We put posts early on in the year about they got how the Cowboys. They, they got the Cowboys. Yeah, that was the only victory mm-hmm. over 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 500 the whole year. Yeah, that that is. Uh, that's telling him how how overrated um, the Dolphins are. And again, I'm a Dolphin hater, so you know, of course, I'm gonna. So, I mean, let's call it what it is. A lot of the hype came from the Denver game. They ran it up on Denver. Yep. 
People couldn't stop talking about how they scored 70 points against Denver. Right? Mozart, HN, you know, Hill's going to come with his. Right? It, it just looked good. Right? And they do have an innovative offense. Right? Let's be fair. Right? They, they're doing more on the offensive side of the it. ball. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I'm gonna, and, that's why you're going to take this segment. <laughs> in, in all fairness, they, they do a lot with the motions, uh, putting, getting the right matchups, putting players in the right spot. I give them credit for that, right? If you're going to steal something, you know, find a way to scheme your guys open. However, they don't have the right talent on that, on that team. They really don't. Um, you know, it, you, you look at just the guy who's calling, who's the signal caller. That, that's what I look at. Right, that guy is good in a certain system, and when that system starts to break down, you see him start to break down. I don't have any ill will to Tua. I don't. I have no ill will, but I certainly look at him and say, "Can I go all the way with this guy?" I can't, because to your point, having only beaten one team with a record of five hundred or better. As you go deeper into the playoffs, you start to play against teams that have records above 500, mm-hmm. right? Starts wild card and moves to divisional championship. And if I can't beat them or I can barely squeak by, then you, then you have to wonder, do you have the right guy there? If, I look at what Buffalo did. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you remember Buffalo years ago when Lamar was running, this 2019 was running all over the place and beating everybody, you know, Buffalo lost to them. But, man, did they stymie the offense of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, right? I think it came down to the last play of the game. Marcus Peters with the interception at the goal line. Okay, right. So you were right there, but you put a blueprint out there for Lamar Jackson, right? And and you look at uh, what you did last week and and the adjustments that you guys were making during the course of the game, and it got tighter and tighter. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs defense is no slouch. No. You're no slouch, right? So if – Spags is on top of his game and he looks at kind of what how you guys schemed. Man, there he is. Where, where's he been? He's been hiding on us. Uh, but uh I, I think Miami's in a world of hurt. And let's face it, you, you don't have Bradley Chubb, you don't have Phillips. I mean, those are two big losses uh, on on the pass rush that, that you need to get after Mahomes. And if you can't really get after Mahomes, well, that's right, the receivers can't catch the ball. So maybe they got a shot. <laughs> that was for you, Trey. Well, I, you know, what I will say, though, uh, just just to wrap it up, I, again, we talked in, in bits and pieces about that, uh, which I will call playoff wild card, the pre-wild card, right, the play-in game. Um, you know, it, it really showed for different teams two different things, right? It showed Miami being exposed. It showed where their weaknesses were. It showed that that they will quit and give up when faced with adversity. On the opposite side, what it showed was the Bills have the ability to dominate a team. The Bills have the ability to, uh, when faced against adversity, to find a way to come back. And that's what happened here, right? They are the better team. They have been the better team all along. They just haven't played like it. And when they needed to, they, they got through it. So now it's on the wild card. Uh, let's get the wild card weekend, baby. All right, Stevie D, if I can. Um, look, it, it's I, I got to say, man, that's a great-looking slide, man. I got to give you credit. That is a great-looking deck right there. I like it. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
I appreciate it. So the keys to the Bills victory, right? There, there's one thing that I am always leaving off. Uh, Joey had mentioned it earlier, though, right? It's one game at a time, one week at a time, uh, and he's absolutely right. But the keys to the Bills victory, we need to take advantage of the home crowd, right? This is what you were fighting for, right? You, When you went into last week's game, you could have said, you know what, I'm going to rest everybody, make sure we're healthy, we know we're in the playoffs. You said, no, I want the division, which I'm proud of you, right? Make sure that the Dolphins don't see that. But um, you, now you have your home crowd. Everybody's filing into Highmark, right? Take advantage of that. Take advantage. Bill's Mafia, you know, is going to be there. You know they're going to be loud. You know Bill's Mafia is going to kind of provide that extra boost that you need. And Bill's Mafia will let you know when you're not doing what you're supposed to do as well. So, you know, that's one big thing there. Let Josh play his game, okay? It, you know, it, there there is no tomorrow, as they say, right? It's win and move on. So it, it's not like, well, we'll see what happens next week. No. Josh needs to play his game. And as Josh plays his game, Stevie D, then everybody else starts to go in in, in order, right? You start to see as Josh playing plays his game, Kincaid opens up, right? Linebackers have to decide, are they going to cover Kincaid or are they going to protect against Josh running? All of a sudden, Steph Diggs starts to get out and gets open. You have Shakir doing his thing, right? They have to attack the Steelers' secondary. Steelers' secondary is weak. Okay, they can get in there. And we don't know yet, Stevie D, uh, but you're waiting to hear on TJ Watt, right? Oh, I don't Watt's think he's playing. I know he's I, got a two. I don't think – I think it's the game. I think they, the, the mind games they're playing. I don't I don't see how he plays with a a, a strain, uh, what, MCL strain two, grade two. Yep. That's a three-week injury. Well, it, again, it's the playoffs and Toradol is always available. <laughs> Honestly, I am. I agree on the Toradol because it's been used. I don't know how that operates on an MCL and what you can do with your leg when you got to hit the ground. You you may not feel the pain, but do you have the structure in the knee to be able to bend and get around the edges and sure. make those plays? That's what I don't think he'll have. And I, if I'm TJ Watt, you have to be smarter. I know you want to be there for your team. At the end of the day, it may not end well, and now all of a sudden you're now missing next year on top of it. Yes, yes. I if I'm the Steelers, I have so much money invested in him. You're a seven seed. You got no quarterback. Sorry, Mason Rudolph. Right? I'm, I, am I really going to risk my star? I. I they're I'm, they're I'm not a you. Super Bowl team. They're just not a Super Bowl team to, to to take the face of your franchise and put him at risk. And for him, I would say I don't want to put myself at risk. Uh, for that uh, long term, um, the one thing I was surprised here on your on your keys to victory um, is is James Cook and getting him. I just felt like I be personally, you get James involved and you let him get going, man. That's going to open up everything, and then you'll eat that secondary alive. Uh, but it's me, kind of the it's it's kind of the reverse, right? It, you want to get your ass going. Well, if you look at the matchups that we've had against the Steelers over the last what, three, four years, right? Um, it has been heavily weighted on – now, granted, we had Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, but it's been heavily weighted on uh, pass production, right? You had uh, you had Gabe Davis who went for 170. You had – in that same game, you had Steph Diggs that went for, like, 110. In that same game, you had Khalil Shakir that went for 80, 
right? Th- these are guys that were able to get down the field, do a lot of catch and runs, um, and just attack the weakness um, uh, of the Steelers. Their their front four uh, is certainly a, a good front four, right? They're they're not in the top ten in the rush defense, but certainly if you can attack the pass, use the pass to set up the run, right? At that point. You can run a lot of draws. You can run a lot of screens because you're going to take advantage of the aggressiveness. That's when I would see Cook coming in. That's when I would see Fournette coming in and, and doing some things uh, on the ground against him. But I, I would go pass first, right? But it has to be controlled, right? Controlled pass first. Just don't just start winging it all over the place. <laughs> but, but again, let Josh be Josh. Let Josh play his game and then let them come to you and then you can counter against that. CVD, uh, when I go to what to watch for, Khalil Shakir, um, yeah, I just mentioned Gabe Davis, but um, Davis is dealing with a PCL. We don't know on his exact status, but certainly that opens the door for Khalil Shakir. And we've seen some really big things out of Shakir. I think as Bills fans, Bills Mafia, they all know what Shakir could do, just given the opportunity. And we've seen flashes of that throughout this season. Well, now it's time to to really step up. Uh, probably we'll be going against Levi Wallace. It'd be interesting if we could get digs on Wallace. That that would be nice, right? Uh, Levi yeah. Wallace being a, a former <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Uh, the defensive line, Stevie D. You mentioned the name Mason Rudolph. Not impressed. Never have been impressed. Miles Garrett wasn't impressed, right? There's a whole lot of people not impressed with this guy. But I what I will give him credit for is that he brought the Steelers to where they are now. Yeah, I, I have to, I have to give it to him because they were lost with Trubisky and, and Kenny Pickett could say whatever he wants to say. He would not have got them to this point. Right. Uh, but I, to say that I'm concerned about Mason, <laughs> you crazy. There's no way, but it all starts with our D line, right? That D line needs to show the way that they have shown Throughout the course of this season, AJ Epinesa needs to do his thing. Uh, Leonard Floyd needs to do his thing, right? Ed Oliver, who's had a monster year, needs to do his thing. We'll probably be bringing up Linville Joseph. Now, it's not only in the pass rush, but it's also in preventing the the Steelers from getting the run game going. Right. We've started to see some good things out of Najee Harris over the last couple of weeks. Right. He's had a very much of a roller coaster type season. But as of late, you know, he he's really started to turn it on. They also have Warren. Right. And Warren has played well. Right. He's, it's yes. Like yes, he they're has. fire and ice. Right. And yeah. so you have a speed guy who can get the corner. You have got to if if you stop the run game, you know, they're, they're done. Um, you know, I I like what. They get out of the receiving core. I don't believe that Dante jo- Deontay Johnson has the hands, <laughs> right? But <laughs> the hands. that he knows not the hands. No, <laughs> that's always been the thing. Um, and, and then you know you have uh, well, Pickens. I forgot. Thank you, Pickens, George Pickens. Yeah, he seems to be the spectacular catch. You're right, but he's also up and down, and you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. So but it, it all for the Steelers, right, which is traditional Pittsburgh Steelers, it's all about the run game. But I think George has game. been more consistent with Mason Rudolph. Did he get a catch last week? He didn't get a catch last week. He, but 
yes, he he was a little bit out there this week. Yes, last week he didn't have a great game, but he's been more consistent with Mason Rudolph as as the QB. I don't know what happened last week uh, on why he didn't get the ball, but he's been much <laughs> better with Mason Rudolph. I think they've all been a little bit better with Mason Rudolph than Mitch Trubisky. Fair. Fair. You're a former quarterback, right? You know, I mean, that's what he, happened. He, he, he was a reclamation project, right? We, we were trying to help out for the less fortunate, trying to see if we could do something to hype them up. And we knew, we knew that this game was coming and we wanted to get him just to the certain point where Pittsburgh would say, oh, well, we'll take him, which they did. And we were prepared for this playoff game. And then he couldn't even hold on to the job. You know, I, we, this would have been a cakewalk. This would have been a cakewalk. The last thing, though, that I have what to watch for, Stevie D, pre-snap penalties, right? Those are the hidden yards. When you talk about pre-snap penalties, those are the hidden yards that really will destroy a drive, right? You get a false start because Bill's Mafia is going crazy and, and Mason can't get the snap off, right? And maybe you get a delay a game, maybe you get a false start, right? But now you have moved from first and 10 to first and 15. If you are a, a ground game team, it's no longer three yards in a cloud of dust. Right, you're gonna have to get big chunks. You're gonna need to get five yards, seven yards on that next play, or you're gonna have to rely on the pass, which means it makes it a lot easier to get the three and out, a lot easier to get fourth and long and sure. force them in the ball. Oh yeah, yeah. It the pre-snap penalties. I I uh, emphasize that I one. Oh, you know all about I it. Know all about I, <laughs> I emphasize it because that is something that we as fans, Bill's Mafia, those that are going to the game, can't control and can feel as though that they have an active role in in the team winning this game. It is huge, right? They want to talk about the twelfth man. They want to talk about you know Arrowhead and what or, or Gia. They want to talk about the noise that they have there. This is the time for Bill's Mafia to step up. And control that game, and you absolutely can do so. Steve, hey, I, I wanted to point out before we segue. Um, uh, I had somebody Ken, Ken, thank you very much, Ken, and thanks for tuning in. Um, TJ Watt has been ruled out already. Okay, so that's huge. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. Uh, let me let me just jump to here real quick, Stevie D. The Bills injury report. Um, this now obviously this is Wednesday. We're going to see you know as we progress through the week. Um, Russell so, Douglas, wow. Yes, he was on a. So I'm glad you picked that. That was one of the ones that kind of stood up. Was Russell Douglas with a did not participate. Uh, Leonard Floyd. That was a veteran rest, so not really worried about that. Um, Taylor Rapp, uh, who made the the interception at the end of the game. That's a wrap. Um, he didn't participate for a calf. Uh, Von Miller is still on a veteran rest. I, he's been on that for the last 12 weeks, I think, now, on a veteran rest. Sooner or later, Von, it's time for you to wake up. Um, but everybody else, you know, participated. I saw that Terrell Dotson, you know, limited participation, but he did. Um, he, the other one, as we talked about, was Gabe Davis. He was a do not did not participate. So, you know, just some things there, Stevie D, that wanted to kind of highlight. And then looking at the other side, 
Um, again, this is this is for the Steelers. A little smaller. Um, so we talked about TJ Watt. He was a, did not participate, but obviously he's been ruled out. Um, you also had Najee Harris uh, probably resting the knee, but you know he's going to be a full go. I mean, this you know. Um, and so you know, a little smaller when you when you look at um, the the injury report that they have, uh, but still uh, good to know. And we'll we'll need to just follow this as the week progresses, right? Yep. As you get to Friday, Saturday. So I'm ready, Stevie D. I'm ready. Um, Are you going to give a prediction or a score or um, no? No, you know no, I don't you're not do that. touch that one. You know I don't do that. I I also I also want to I want to take a moment <laughs> before we segue. I want to take a moment. You have family, right? You can appreciate family. I have a family member who is a Steelers fan from Buffalo. Anyways, no, no, no. He's from he's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> And he wants, and he wants to come at me and start talking about how he would much rather play the Dolphins or how he'd much rather play the Bills than the Dolphins. Why? I don't know, and, and I've been trying to figure this out, trying to get his logic. He's talking about how fast they are and how Miami would put you in the in the heat. He remembers when they put you in the heat. Yeah, they did this to us in September. I remember when Jimmy Johnson refused to come to Buffalo past October, right? Jimmy Johnson's like told the league Miami will not go up to Buffalo when it when there's snow, right? Unless it was a playoff, which we caught him in the playoffs for that. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And so all the games that that we had against Miami were in like September, September 5th, September 19th, right? When the weather was still nice, but when the snow came, then we had to go down to Miami. He talks about. You know how Miami does the same thing. Yeah, they did that, right? I, last year, right? Remember when the Bills went down there? It was 130 degrees, and you know, guy, we had like 15 guys go out for injury or heat exhaustion or whatever it was, right? Dehydration. But to tell me in the playoffs that you'd much rather play the Bills against the Dolphins, I'm wondering if I need to call somebody for a health check to make sure that you're okay. Because the logic that you presented didn't make sense. You're family, so I can't go in on you like that. But if you need help, right, get help somewhere, right? If I could do anything to help you out, I will help you out. But to think about that and make statements like that, that's that that's alarming, right? I, I hear alarms going off, Stevie D, and I don't know what to do, right? Hey, I... Right there, there, there go the alarms, Stevie D. It's somebody, somebody saying we got to do something. So, just wanted to bring that up. Um, also, uh, we I saw in one of the chats. You know, all these Steeler fans start, just start popping out of the woodwork, right? So, uh, a very good friend of mine who I haven't talked to in a long time, big time Steelers fan, right? I I don't know if he's tuned into the podcast, but all of a sudden here they come. Right, this black and gold. I wish I had a terrible towel so I could light it on fire. It's cold enough down here that I could do so. Hey, you know, these guys, enough, right? Just be happy that you made it to the playoffs. Just be happy with that. And then just honestly, if I can, I know this has nothing to do with the playoff game, 
But can you just enjoy how good Mike Tomlin is as a head coach? And Absolutely. all the hate that this man gets. 17 years, not one losing record. 17 years. Okay. I mean, just appreciate what you have and the energy level in which he brings and the passion he brings and the honesty he brings and the, and the rawness to his inter- – I love his interviews. I love how he, he goes about talking to the press. I, there's so much to love about Mike Tomlin that part of me wishes that he would have tanked and that the owner somehow would have gone crazy and fired him and our owner would have woken up and got rid of our coach and then we have Mike Tomlin because I would love Mike Tomlin. And I think when you win, you get spoiled, and when something doesn't go your, well, go your way, you, you want him out. At the end of the day, he did something that the Steelers organization does not do, and that is change coaches mid-year. But he he broke that. He broke that because he said, you know what, we really do have to get rid of Matt Canada. And you know what, when they got rid of Matt Canada, it started getting better. And so uh, be grateful that he, he made a tough decision in season, which is not typically done by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, and, and you guys gotten better. Now, could you have been that much better if you made the change four or five weeks earlier? Uh, but at the end of the day, Mike Tomlin is, is as legit as it gets in the NFL as a head coach. And, um, you know, when you win, you, 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 you lose sight of what you have. Um, and, uh, and I can only speak to that as a Yankee fan because I don't know what it's like in the football, right? And, and then towards the end, people are saying, Joe Torrey's got to go. Joe Torrey's got to go. And Joe Torrey just didn't know, forget how to coach at the very end, right? He didn't, he didn't forget how to coach the New York Yankees. And so just appreciate what you have, knowing that you've had 17 years of winning football. That is, that is a rarity in the NFL. Think of who he has won with as quarterbacks. Duck Hodges. Think about that. Duck Hodges. You hear that, Sala? Duck Hodges. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, if you look at the list of quarterbacks, and to your points, DVD, the longevity, the longevity. I, I yeah, and if I were a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, in all fairness, I would be frustrated, right? Not able to um, get, you know, significant amount of playoff wins having been there so often. But a little bit is is entitlement, maybe. Yeah, like sure. I agree on the entitlement. When you win, you absolutely get entitlement. I think any fan base gets that way, right? And the longer it goes, the more entitled you get, and you just expect to be there. You expect to be in that Super Bowl. You expect to be in the champ, the conference championship game, right? You're expected to win 10, 11 games a year, if not more. And when it doesn't happen, and things go. Everybody's got to go. Nobody knows what they're doing. They all got to go. Right. Right. But the reality is Mike Tomlin knows exactly what he's doing, and he does a phenomenal job. And I just hope that 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 conversation kind of tempers with the fan base because I think it's a little unfair that you attack Mike Tomlin that he's got to go. I I don't – I just – bizarre to me. So, Stevie D, how you feeling over there? You Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's a little scary. Uh, how do you want me to pass this baton to you? Gently? Or do we just bust it, just bust it yeah, out? Well, we're going to talk about the 23 jet grades, right? And I, look, <laughs> you know, I, I'm getting worried. You can't even get started. 
because there's so much here that um, that we've covered for weeks. You know, our boy Johnny has, has covered it as well. A lot of fans and, and a lot of Facebook groups in different areas have tackled it. And uh, you can throw ahead the slide up, right up. It's not anything to hide. Um, but I want to throw these grades out there. Um, in my view, again, in my opinion, what I think of the, the New York Jets in the 23 season, um, there's a lot to unfold. And, and when I look at these rankings, right, from the offensive side of the ball to the coaching, right, it, it all comes into play because I think defensively the Jets came into the year going to be a top defense and they finished as a top defense. And so when you look at the offense, when our quarterback went down, we as an organization did not know what to do. That's from the ownership all the way down to all the coaches. I don't, I don't blame Zach Wilson, right? I, I don't, I don't blame Trevor Simeon. Um, obviously Aaron Rodgers only got four plays, but at the end of the day, the ineptness of the coaching staff is why we're back at seven and 10. When you, when you, so let, let's go, let's go through it. I'm going to start with the coaching, right? So coaching is at the bottom, but I put a D for coaching. Okay. Because our offensive rank is an F it's really because of our offensive coaches and our head coach. Uh, our offensive coaches from Nathaniel Hackett to uh, Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, who's gotten a lot of a lot of bad publicity recently. Um, if you if you're a Instagram or Twitter, uh, former players and current players of the Jets kind of throwing some shade towards the offensive line coach. Right. But when you think of our our we went through a five game, six game stretch where we averaged a 7% third down uh, conversion rate, 7%. One game, I think we were one for 16. I don't even know how this is possible, right? Our average, I think, was right around 22% for the year, right? And what does that tell me? That That's telling me my, my offensive coach, he's not, he's not innovative. He's not um, diverse in this play calling. Um, I truly believe if you ask those teams that we played that six-game stretch right after being four and three, in that six-game stretch, and you ask those players, did you know what was coming? I guarantee you they would say yes. Because I don't know how an offense can't get a third down, can't get a third and four, can't get a third and two. Over and over again, right? Obviously, we had plenty of third and eights and thirds and tens and all, all of that, right? But we were not um, – we didn't do enough motion. We didn't do um, – um, we had the same formations. I mean, we how many times were we going to run trips left and get an incomplete pass? How many times? How many times? I knew it. Trips left. Trips right. We're not going to get that play, Right. I mean, we had an offensive coordinator that came out and says, I I didn't realize how fast Breach was, and I didn't realize how to use them in this. And that, dude, you went through OTAs, training camp, you had tape. You can't tell if this guy's explosive, right? You signed Dalvin Cook as an insurance policy. He got 16, 16 carries in week one. He got 67 carries through uh, 16 games. 
So if you take the fifth, the 16 out of game one, he had 51 carries in 15, in 15 games. You're telling me we couldn't devise, devise a plan to get Brees and Dalvin Cook on the field at the same time and give defenses a dual threat with these guys. You can line one up in the slot, one up as a wide receiver, keep one in the backfield. There's so much that you could have done that we didn't do. He was so unprepared, right? Our head coach, where are you in the game planning for this team? Where are you? You're telling me uh, coaches for other teams don't come in and say, hey, all right, hack it. This is what we got to do, right? The weather's going to be poor. I don't care. I want to run the ball 35 times. I want to run it down their throat. I want to control the clock. Our defense, we can hold this team down. We need to control the clock. We can't We can't go into this game and only have the ball for 22 minutes out of the 40, right? I don't think that's happening. I don't think he's inputting his thoughts on the game plan and what he wants to see on the personnel that they're going up against to the weather conditions to what we're dealing with, right? I didn't even put Joe Douglas on here. You lose your quarterback in four plays, and you decide to do nothing. The same guy in which you were benching and said that he's got a red shirt was in the game in four plays. I don't think Joe Douglas knows what a red shirt means. Seriously. Red shirt means you don't play. That means you are the third quarterback or the fourth quarterback. That's it. I think it has to be the third quarterback because the fourth quarterback – I don't think you're just going to keep him like on a practice squad type of thing. You're not going to keep four quarterbacks. So a little stretch there. But redshirt means you don't play, which means when you go into the offseason, you have to go and get a viable backup for Aaron Rodgers because Zach Wilson is being redshirted. No, we throw him back in four plays and thinks that the Jets pixie dust is going to fix the problems. No, we were four and three because of our defense. We weren't four and three because Zach Wilson was lighting it up. Our defense was keeping us in game. Greg the leg was averaging four field goals a game, right? I think we scored like 14 offensive touchdowns all year. Is that what you guys call them? What's up? Is that what you call them? Yeah, Greg the leg. Right? So head coach, offensive coach is an F. Defensive coaching, Jeff Albrick and and his his staff there, I gave him a B plus. Probably could have given him a name. Maybe it would have been a little hard. And special teams, I thought Thomas Morstead had a phenomenal year. I think he led the league in um, uh, punts inside the 10. Uh, just really, really great job this year for, for Thomas Morstead. Um, and then our return game was pretty good. I didn't like our, our coverage. We lost Justin Hardy, our all-pro um, special teamers, to, for six weeks with a hamstring. And when he was out, it was, you didn't know what, what you were going to get. And, and so our, our punt coverage was not very good at, at all. So I gave them a B plus, right? Now I'm going to just kind of go to the top because our coaching kind of sets up a little bit on our on our offensive ranks. Quarterback's an F, right? With 36th rank, there, there's no way you cannot be an F. You're the worst offense in the league. So, right? I mean, Zach was terrible at, at, at a lot of the times. Again, Scheme had a lot to do with it, put him in bad, bad spots. Um, uh, offensive line also has an F, right? I don't care about injuries. I don't care. That's why I have coaches. Coaches got to coach up, got to get them in spots to succeed, right? How do other teams do it? How come other teams can do it? We can't. It goes on coaching. If you can't do it, it's because of coaching. You can say, well, Joe D needed to go get this and get that. When you're down to your fourth and fifth, it's hard, right? But. There's a way to scheme. 
there's look if I was if I was that easy I'd be out there right I'm not saying I know how to do it but other teams go through adversity and look Beckton was the worst left tackle in the league he was healthy all year you couldn't get him right between the pre-snap penalties the holds and the sacks oh my god the sacks please right running backs I gave a C wide receivers I gave a C minus um if it wasn't for Garrett we'd have an F right you got nothing out of Randall Cobb you got nothing out of Adam Lazard, and then you had a bunch of kids that tried, right? So I give Gibson some credit. I still think they're using Gibson in the wrong spot. Ty Conklin, I think, helps boost that. And, I, did, and I, I think, didn't do the tight ends. Uh, I did omit the tight ends. Tyler Conklin was a beast, um, especially contested catches. Tyler Conklin was an absolute beast. But C.J. Umizama was a bust. He was a yeah. killer, an absolute killer. I, I wanted him off this team. I would have cut him. Right, uh, he he was a bust. I'm sorry, I, you're a nice guy, but when it came to football, I think you were more enamored of being in in, in the New York um, tri-state area than you were about you know paying attention on the football field. I think you like the the off the field stuff more than on the field. Um, but to me, we were lining Gibson up on the outside. Gibson's a slot guy. What what are we doing putting him out wide? It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. He doesn't have the size to be outside. I I don't agree with it uh, on that one. But um, and then our running backs, um, we traded Michael Carter. Izzy came in way too late, so you can't judge him. Dalvin Cook didn't get the ball enough, and, and Brees did well in, in in pockets. Right, he did pockets uh, uh, good. I still think I agree. One thing I agree with Salah is that sometimes you got to go for the that that tough yard. I need that two yards. That fifty yard run is not there, but I need that two to go to second and eight and not second and 11 or second and 12 because you're trying too much and then you, you get tackled for a loss, right? Sometimes that, that two yards are huge um, rather than a loss. So I running backs, I, I put as a C. If I'm the running backs, I say, I need the ball. Well, and, that, and that's fair too, right? Feeding the ball, that, that's a fair point. Um, and, and we've talked about this at nauseum about um, – Nathaniel Hackett in the past happy again goes back to your coaching right and it's funny how it all goes back because mm -hmm. again how does how doesn't um Salah go into Hackett and say look I I, I want to see a 55 45 balance it doesn't matter which one you want to go first I mm -hmm. need to see a better balance when we get up to the Raider game and we lose 16 to 12 to the Raiders and we throw the ball 72 percent of the time I don't know how that's possible with a quarterback that you deemed was not good enough to play, right? That's that that that's what's so unbelievable to this whole thing that I think the Jets are blind to it when you're talking about accepting responsibility to the failure of this team, right? It's not the players. The players did not fail. The coaching failed this team, and the owner and the GM is not seeing that, and that is a huge red flag for me. Because the schemes that we rolled out in games that we lost by a field goal because we could not score a single touchdown. Games where we couldn't convert a single third down. We had a game we didn't convert a third down. We got it on penalties. That's what we converted on third down. In this modern-day NFL, I don't know how that's possible to be that inept. I think we scored 14, 14 offensive touchdowns. All year, maybe 15 offensive touchdowns all year. Somebody can fact check me. I'll probably be wrong. It'll be 16. That is inexcusable. 
You score that. I don't care that you lost Aaron Rodgers. It has nothing to do with it. it. Has nothing to do with it. Teams fall into 16 touchdowns a year with no talent. They fall into 16. This team had had talent. Poor coaching. Poor coaching. So anyway, defense. I, I look. They're going to kill me at the linebacker position at a B because you had Quincy and and C.J. Mosley all year at, at the linebacker spot. I thought our depth at linebacker wasn't any good. And to be honest with you, I thought there were times, again, the Jeff fans are going to kill me on it. I thought our tackling could have been better on a line, linebacker spot. In crystal spots, we're going for a knockout with our linebackers instead of sharing the tackle. And I can't forgive that, right? In crucial spots in a game, I need you to wrap and not go for the knockout because you go for the knockout and they bounce off you and they, and they get another 8, 10 yards and they get the first down, right? I thought our D-line was excellent this year. Bryce Huff, love you, buddy. I, I wish you'd come back. I understand the game. We can't afford to pay you. It just can't give you another $20 million. I wish you all the best. I thought our D-line was excellent. Our rotation was great. We had some key losses on the line, but yet our depth was so great. We were still able to overcome that. And our secondary was second in the league in yards against. That is pretty darn special. We went up against tremendous quarterbacks this year, tremendous quarterbacks to give up. I think we were 160 something yards passing a game. That is pretty darn special. So I had the secondary at an A and Greg, the leg, I got the special teams at a B plus Greg, the leg, Thomas Morstead, but our kick coverage was a B. And so I gave him a B plus. So that's my nutshell. Really my rant is more about the coaching. I thought the players played. Um, I just think our coaches let, let them down. Let them down. So interesting as I look at your grades, right? If if you were to if you were to look at your grades, first of all, if you were in school and you brought home these grades to your parents, it wouldn't be it would not be anything that you'd want to talk about, right? Um, I know in my household, <laughs> it would not be pretty, right? Special teams, special teams is like phys ed. Right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> so exactly. Exactly. You get rid of that. And so then you start looking at your offense, which is like math. You look at your defense, which is like history. You look at your coaching, which is like English, right? And you have a, a your parents are like, okay, and that's the one you want to focus on. Look, I got an A, right? But your parents look at, yeah, but you got an F and a D, right? If we D F, wasn't an F, well, it, again, trying to find the positive out of that, right? Well, because I don't want to get grounded. Exactly. Well, it's done. I'm done with this, right? If we added, if we added special teams in, you average out to a C, right? That that's what you average out to is a C. It, it, it depends on how you weight it. Right. Well, it's true. Right? Because coaching, to me, should be weighted more. All right. So you're doing, you're, 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 your game you're going way deep in this one, Stevie D. Because <laughs> now you're weighting the grades. But just, just think about it. As, as I bring these grades back, and now my parent is Woody Johnson, right? And I bring these grades back. I have a C. Woody Johnson, are you happy with a C? Yeah, right? he is. Are, are, are you sure. content with the C? Or 
if you look at it and you take out the the phys ed class, right? And now I have a D, an F, and an A. Or yeah, you had an A. A D, an F, and an A. Are you happy with a D? A C minus or a D? Are you happy with that? And, you know, this is where I feel for Jet fans, right? Uh, (laughs) I definitely. (laughs) And then John John says, looks like my report card. (laughs) But are, are you happy with that? And Jets fans, this is where Stevie D, you're 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 doing the hard work, right? You're sending notes to to the owner, whether or not he reads it, you know right. who knows. But you can't be happy with that. No, because you can't. You can't because um, the, the the organization is blind to the fact that one guy is going to fix it all. If you actually had the proper coaching in there, yes, with Aaron. What could the franchise look like? Because you're already seeing what the franchise looks like when it hits adversity. It's not good. It cannot adapt and overcome. It can't. This team did not adapt and overcome at all because our coaching didn't allow it. Our offensive coordinator did not allow it. He said it in his program. I didn't realize it about Brees. Oh. Uh, uh, what 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 do you mean you didn't know what you had in your running back? I, that's a fireable offense. That's fireable offense number one. I it's it's mind blowing to me, right? It's mind blowing to me that you can go in into the game and realize, you know what? We can't get we can't we're just gonna continue. We're just gonna throw. I'm in a 16-12 game. We're gonna throw. We had other games that were even low score. I don't know why I'm just picking on on on, the, on this one particular game. It's because that one just pissed me off more than anything. We lost sixteen to twelve, and we had it. We were up nine three at halftime. Run the ball. No, we have to throw seventy two percent of the time to allow the Raiders uh, plenty of time to do what they need to do. Anyway, it, but, Steve, but Stevie D, it, here's here's where I struggle. Right, just look around the room. Right, look around the classroom. And there's other kids in that classroom, right? So you got some of some of the the brainiacs that are sitting over there. That that that's for you, Johnny. You got some of the brainiacs are over there, but you see some of the other kids, right? And they've had struggles. They they've had things that kind of held them back. But guess what? They found a way to be able to make sure that they were more prepared and they were successful. What I equate that to is you look at the Cleveland Browns. They had struggles at quarterback, and they found a way. They pulled the guy off the couch. Sure did. In week sure 13, did. put him on the practice squad for a couple weeks, let him grasp the, the playbook, and then, bam, he was in. And there are there are a host of other teams this year that played with backup quarterbacks. You can't use that as your excuse. Can't. Nobody cares, not, Vince. Nobody cares. Not. Nobody cares that you lost your quarterback. Nobody cares. They're not going to play. Oh, they lost their quarterback. We're going to go easy. No. Nobody cares that you lost your your right guard or your right tackle or your center. Right? Nobody cares. It's the next man up and do your job. You have to scheme. That's what I'm paying you for is to scheme. And when you can't adapt and change, I got no use for you because that means you're a one-trick pony. That means you can only win if you have the best of the best and everybody's healthy. You're no good to me. It just shows me that you're not a good Football coach. 
Which I yeah, I know this is a jet segment, which though use it again, use and compare all of the injuries that the Buffalo Bills had on defense and look at where they are. It can be done. You can lose key players and still be successful. Cleveland, eleven and five. Lost lost uh Chubb, lost four quarterbacks or three quarterbacks before Flacco. They lost their starting left tackle and I think another lineman on that. Went eleven and five. They gave up. Yeah. They can. I mean, I think they won the. They lost the last game. They got blown out, right? But they got blown out because they won the rest. Joe Flacco. They easily could have won twelve games. The right? Houston the Colts. Texans. The Colts. The Houston Texans. The Colts. Right. Well, yeah, both the Colts and the Texans starting rookie quarterbacks. Look, you can right? you can use the Texans as a great example for the Jets. Right, rookie coach, defensive coach came from the 49ers. Salah came from the 49ers. Right, I think you've talked about this before, so I don't want to steal yeah. your thunder. But you compared the Texans organization right now from the coaching staff compared to the Jets, and they have a rookie quarterback. And look how things are humming over there. Right now, people with, no, say, na- oh, with no name wide receivers, too. Yeah. And they lost one of their wide receivers recently, and it still seems like that that, that Collins kid is special. Um, yeah. I mean, again, nobody knew about him until this year, but I, I'm I'm not trying to pile on. I, I'm, I'm is, not. It, you cannot pile on anymore because everybody knows it. Vince. everybody's saying the same thing, except for the Jets organization. They re, they fail to see what everybody else is talking about. How can everybody get it wrong? But what's right. in one Jet Drive? Tell me, somebody, please tell me. In Florham Park, New Jersey. Yeah, you're you're right. You know, we were getting along so well. <laughs> I, I just wanted to see that smile. That, that, that's all we wanted. <laughs> you know, if I can bring bring the blood pressure down from one area and kind of displace it, and, and you know, I'm I'm looking out for you, Stevie D. One jet drive. Let me, let me back it up a second. One jet drive. We're gonna edit that other stuff out. No. Um, <laughs> how can everybody get it wrong? How can NFL Network get it wrong. ESPN get it wrong. The millions of fans that are out there in the different groups all talking about it. I don't I it's such a minority of people that think Robert Sala and team should keep their job. I mean when I say the minority it's maybe 1% of all the posts that we've been involved in in OW Sports and all the different Facebook groups that I'm on. Johnny, keep me honest in, in, in what you're doing uh, on your podcast, right, uh, on the Hangout Spot, to the different groups that you interact with, it's 1%. How, how could it all be wrong? Heck, the former player, uh, Josh uh, Lewin, uh, just came out and was devastated about Vrabel, and he said, well, he went out on, on, uh, on Keith Carter saying, like, he's a horrible offensive line coach. And then Brees Hall is giving me the smiley emojis with the, you know, like dying laughing emoji. And he's liking it on Instagram. Garrett Wilson in his exit interview kind of hinted to, to there's dysfunction there. But there's no accountability within the jet building. There's zero accountability in the jet building. How can everybody be wrong? I, I, you said something that I'm trying to grasp. You said 99%. That means that there is a faction that is out there that believes Salah 
Joe yeah, Douglas? I do. I do because they think they're nice. You know, again, I'm taking everybody. I'm not just taking just the diehards only, right? There are people that may like him, may like his personality, think he's a nice guy and think he should keep his job. That doesn't, they're fans, but they're not the inner working fans. Like uh, I've seen posts like, how dare you root against the Jets to, to lose? You're, what kind of Jet fans out there to wish your team lose? Well, look, I, I hate losing, right? Am I happy that we beat the Patriots? Yeah, because I hate the Patriots. But I know it cost me some draft picks. But you know what? I can't change what happened. If they would have lost, I wouldn't have think twice about it. I wouldn't say, dang, the, the streak continues. I would say, okay, man, I'm seven. But we won, the streak's over. I, I can't change what happened, right? But I just think with, with fans, I think there's just some that are all about the nice person. He's a nice guy. He's always so positive in the press conferences and anyone in the state. Um, that's why I say it's it, the, the one. I, I, I hear you. It, but, it's but it's just go. so, it's so just so clear, right? It, you have a billboard, you have spotlights, you have an air horn that's going off, right? Everything is calling your attention to what the problem is. How can you just not even look at that and just look away and say, well, everything's good over here. If I would have throw up a stat that says, you're 17 and 34 as a head coach after three years. Do you remain as coach? How many no. people would say, yes, you would keep that person? No. Correct. No. Right. How many, how many coaches in league history? Have... Actually, I take that. I take that back. I take that back. You're 17 and 34. Where did those 17 wins come from? What do you mean? Right. Be because were you. Did, did you get the bulk of those se those 17 wins this year where I could say, well, I see progress? Right. Fair. fair. No. We know where the 17 wins yeah, came right, from. Right, 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 example, right. Right, right. But, but in general speaking, if you see 17 and 34, you're he's not going to be head coach. Three, three, three losing seasons of 10 losses or more, you, you don't survive. You don't get that fourth year. But you're getting this fourth year because there is a, a brainwashed mentality in the organization that Aaron Rodgers is going to fix it because his presence is going to be here and he's going to bless health and good fortune for the New York Jets. The reality is, is that if your offensive line is not playing well, is in the wrong spots, look, there's plenty of times that you watch the games. You got linemen out of place. You got linemen standing around not doing anything. You got your quarterback running for your life, and you see four Jets kind of standing next to each other. I seen Lakeland Tomlinson not hustling on a fumble, and he's like prancing to try and move around the guy. Dude, dive over the quarterback that's on the floor and get me the ball. All right, against Miami on the first drive of the game for the Jets or the second drive for the Jets. Come on. Yeah. We're, there, there's pre-snap penalties. Led the league in pre-snap. That's why I left on the pre-snap penalties, right? We led the league in pre-snap penalties. 42. 42 pre-snap penalties. How is that possible? I don't even know how to spot 42 pre-snap penalties. Oh, my God. Right? That's because you were on the road for all 17 games, and you had to deal with the crowd noise. I, I... Meanwhile, we played 10 games at MetLife Stadium. Well, it's still on the road, right? You're a New York team, and you were playing in New Jersey, so you're on the road. I got you. I got you. Serenity now, serenity now, serenity now. Isn't that the, isn't that the Giants stadium? So, Again, I got you. I got you. 
you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know where I'm going, man. Right? You know no, it's coming. I like that button. I like that button. I got to get it quicker. Um, as soon but, as I saw that little shoulder yeah. move, I was like, oh. <laughs> but it, I, I appreciate the laughter because you need it. Because when, you, when you're talking about your team and you're watching, it's like watching, it's like watching a car accident happen on ice. And you see the car sliding. There's nothing you can do to prevent that car from sliding into another one. And that's honestly how I feel with the Jet organization right now. I'm watching an accident on ice, and I can't prevent it because the guy that I need to see it is the owner, and he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it that his coach is not an NFL-caliber coach as a head coach. He may be the nicest guy in the world. He could be a great family man, right? He could coach up a great defense. At the end of the day in the NFL, if you're not a coach of the whole thing, it doesn't work. We've seen it time and time with head coaches. If you don't coach it all, you're no good. I like the man, great family man from everything I see and read. He's just not equipped to be an NFL head coach. And and, and it's our, our GM and our owner just doesn't see it. And then you're stuck with inept offensive coordinator because you now have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers came here because they signed Nathaniel Hackett. Let's not, let's not fool ourselves. That was one of the big reasons why he came here, because Aaron got his guy. Why? I'm just going to call it out. Aaron Rodgers can manipulate what he wants mm. out of the offense. Yeah. Leave, that, leave that one alone. Leave it at the question. Why? And then I I just – that's how I feel, that, that he's buddy-buddy with the guy, and he can say to him, this is what I want. And mm-hmm. Hackett's going to be like, okay, do it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's part of – why he wants him there, and now we're stuck with him. And because Aaron Rodgers has a grip over this organization, and I understand it, we're so thirsty for a quarterback, right? And the guy's all in. I give him credit. He's all in. He didn't need to be around the team. He didn't. He didn't. But he he came around the team early and often. And, and the players loved his energy and, and what he brings to the table and how he was helping them. Uh, even the defensive guys were saying how he helps them on the defensive side of the ball. People can say what they want about the guy, like him, not like him. But when I hear that from his teammates in a season where he didn't have to be around, he was. So uh, at the end of the day, we're stuck with Hackett. The, the old line coach is what burns me. I don't know why we're in love with this guy. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. It. He's, he's only here one year. We have the worst line in the league, but yet he keeps his job. I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, if I was Woody Johnson, I said, look, guys, I got to do something for this fan base. Like they're they're going crazy. You got to give me a sacrificial lamb. You got to give me somebody, right? You can't give the old line coach. They can't do anything. You can't you can't give the fans a little something. No, we're gonna run it back with the same clowns. The same the get clowns. back coach. Get the get back coach because then you get a penalty for for being on the field. I no seriously. Didn't you either get a warning or a penalty? Oh yeah, we we, we did get a warning, and later on in the year we got a first little foul penalty. Right? Yes. Uh, so the get back coach, he's your guy. That that would have saved you fifteen yards. I'm not a very animated guy on camera. You and I talk all the time, and I get it animated, and you know, it, I my language comes out more like for OW OW Sports After Dark. Here we're a family show, so I keep it you know good and. And all year, as much as I was mad, 
this is about as animated as I've been talking about the Jets coaching. I don't like talking about a team that I care about as dysfunction. I don't like it. It's like um, um, maybe I'm just old school. If there's a problem within my house, you're never going to know about it. People in my house are going to know about it, but people outside my house are not going to know about dysfunction. That's just not how I operate. Right. And so I do that with my sports teams. Um, and, and, but it, it's to the point where it's like the boiling water, it gets to a point and it, you just can't, you, you got to let it out. And that, that's the way it kind of went today. It wasn't, it was my plan to get that kind of excited about it, but it, it's, it's, uh, but here, here's the good thing with that. It's frustrating. Right. It, here's a good thing is that you feel comfortable, right? You, you look at whether it be the Johnny's, the Terry's, the Craig's, right? The, the James, you, you look at all of those, the Joey's, you look at all of us as family, right? Therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what OW sports is supposed to be about, right? We are supposed to be in what we started as, was two guys basically sitting there talking, right? Whether it be the end of the bar, on the phone, right? Which is really, you know, after somebody just abandoned me, that that's really what it's supposed well, it to. Started be. at prime times in Tampa. <laughs> it, it did, and then, and then I was abandoned, right? But we picked it up over the phone, and and you could do that, and you know that's good. The passion comes through, right? And. We, we can have those conversations. We can play around and joke, right? I There's times where I can see you going, and it, you can see, you know, like whether it be the forehead or whether it be the side, you can, you can see the change. And that's why I try to bring a little levity to you to try to bring you back a little bit, right? Because we, we live, eat, sleep, drink, right? We have a passion. We will talk to anybody, and we can tell you anything and everything about our teams. Right. And when they don't even live up to the expectations, it digs away at you and, and you have to have that release. So, you know, any, anytime you, you know, I'm here to listen to you. Right. And I know vice versa. Right. That, that I can call you. And that would bring Johnny into the fold. And we use OW sports. I just wanted one last thing on it. Four plays into the season, we knew that this team was not going to go somewhere, right? You knew it in the heart. You, when you lost your quarterback, it's hard when you lose your starting quarterback. So I, I think the fans kind of are reserved to that. Yes, big group hug, right? Bring, 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 bring it in, in big fella. <laughs> it, it, we on the, I, I think we all knew in the back of our mind. I thought we, we were going to go and get somebody. Um, but what bothers me more than anything was the coaching we could have been much better because we had an elite defense and, and our coaching failed us and we don't see can, it. Can I, can I tell you when, when it became quite apparent episode three of hard knocks episode three of hard knocks is when they started to shine the light on the offensive line. Oh yeah. Oh, how bad it was. Yeah. 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 That, 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 in the fact that nothing was done leading up in the Aaron Rodgers injury was a byproduct of the offensive line, which goes back to your statement and your call outs of the coaches. You knew before opening week and you hoped 
that Aaron Rodgers being on the field would cure all. He was the quarterbacks are running for their dear life in preseason. So what what did you think was going to happen? Right, he made. Yeah, I, I, you heard running. Aaron saying, "You know, we have a couple of weeks," and then it was like, "Yeah, we have to get this right." Yes, right. It, uh, they told you. They told you then. So thirteen you know, years. So uh, it, well, we, got, we got thirteen years. So. Uh-oh, Johnny says it's be on the lookout. We got a bolo. We got a bolo. <laughs> Get it out, Johnny. Get it out, right? Uh, we got a bolo. <laughs> so, you know, as we get ready to wrap this up, there's one thing. Uh, I don't think we're going to have enough time. You know, we because Shannon Sharp is, is sports-related, uh, we were hoping to talk about the whole Shannon Sharp, Cat Williams uh, interview that's reverberating all throughout Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. But unfortunately, Stevie D, we've run out of time. So we're, we're, we're not going to go into that this week. Uh, but I do want to say, um, you know, again, thank you to everybody who has joined, who has chatted, who has commented. Uh, you know, we, we love you guys, right? In 2024, it's a different kind of year, right? Hopefully much different for, for my Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, we're doing this on Wednesday. Now I have to wait. Right now, I have to wait Thursday. Now I have to wait Friday. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't like this waiting. But thank goodness I, it's a one o'clock game. I wish I had your waiting problem. <laughs> I've been yeah, waiting for waiting. 13 years, man. <laughs> you're waiting till September. Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's a longer wait. Hey, just look at it like this. You know, I'm just reaching out to you. You can set up the tea times. You can be out at the range, just warming up, right? And, and about five weeks or so, I'll join you at the tea box. All right. Uh, <laughs> the best you're going to get for me is a prediction. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, we, we thank everybody. Definitely check us out on any one of our social media platforms, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Of course, uh, as DVD had mentioned, you know, we're, we're live with the new site. So you can go to our website, owsports.net. A lot of good content that's being refreshed um, daily, multiple times a day. Plus, there's links, some very useful resource links that are in there. Um, we also have a link to uh, Johnny's The Hangout Spot, so you can go there, check out some of his videos that he has uploaded to YouTube. And coming soon, for all of you frequent and, and supporters, we're going to have a store up there, Stevie D., so you can get an OW Sports uh, T-shirt or get an OW Sports hat. So a lot of good stuff coming up. But I uh, want to say, again, thank you to everybody. It's playoff week, Stevie D. I can't wait. Good luck, um, man. All the best. Yeah. Thank we gotta you. got to keep it going. we got to keep it going. Absolutely. So for my co-host, Stevie D, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon. 